and these high-tech jobs uh, produce higher wages, better benefits. And so we highlighted these businesses, and they're across Montana. We pilot businesses in the Bitterroot, up in the Flathead, over in Billings, in the Gallatin Valley. It's Dave and Allie's Mini Morning Show. If you can't take four hours of them, perhaps you'll enjoy this bite-sized version. You know what? He gets done with Fox and Friends. Who's he on with? He's on with Dave and Allie. Thanks, Senator, for joining <laughs> us today. We appreciate it. I'll take Dave and Allie all day versus Steve Ducey and the gang there. <laughs> Good to be with the hometown crowd. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Senator Steve Dane's with us this morning. Senator, I wanted to ask you right off the top about you. Uh, you guys had a, com- a finance committee meeting yesterday with Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary. And uh, she had some interesting things to say about, uh, I thought, about inflation. Like, they... It sounds like they think this is going to be a while. Well, they do, and that's exactly the topic that is discussed on national TV about 20 minutes ago. They actually played the clip, Dave, where I challenged Secretary Yellen about what happened with that massive stimulus package, $2 trillion that was passed in March. Remember, there was over a trillion dollars of unspent stimulus money coming out of 2020. The Democrats jammed through another $2 trillion. Larry Summers was a Secretary Treasurer under Clinton. He was then Obama's senior economic advisor. Larry Summers said, you're going to light the inflation fires if you do this. We warned the Biden administration. We warned the American people. You can't just shovel this borrowed money out the door and then shut down pipelines, shut down leases of oil and gas in America, and expect to have business as usual. It lights the inflation fires. And in fact, I quoted some folks from the San Francisco Federal Reserve who are Democrats. These are liberals. They were saying this is a huge problem to pass all these massive spending bills coming from the Biden administration. Here's the, here's the challenge, Dave. They are living in a fairy tale universe, the Biden administration. I, I told them when I come back home to Montana, the top three things I hear about are inflation, inflation, and inflation. It's the price of gas is the price of groceries. And what do you hear from the Biden administration? I'm not making this up, Dave. Literally yesterday, there was a Democrat senator who said the answer is you need to go buy an electric vehicle. Try that out in Montana. The other thing we heard from the Biden administration was uh, we need to lower the tariffs on solar panels. When the Democrats wake up in the morning, they worship climate change. They're climate crazy. And I'll tell you what the Montanans want to see. They want to see less change of the gas. They want to see the change in gas prices going back down, not going up. And so we have a fundamental, deep ideological divide about common sense, made in America, all the above energy versus the climate crazies. And sadly, you can find fewer and fewer Democrats that are willing just to find some balance as it relates to energy policy. And the American people in Montana are suffering because of it. Well, here's what I don't get. So Biden's going over to Saudi Arabia what, next month to get them to pump more oil. Why is it okay for them to pump more oil if it's bad for the you know environment but we can't pump it wouldn't it be better if we were doing it on our own absolutely look at what happened after the invasion uh by vladimir putin what did what did biden do he reached out to iran saudi arabia venezuela Instead of reaching out to American companies and asking them to produce more oil, produce more gas, you know why he didn't reach out to American companies? They don't want to see it. They want to put these businesses, 
They want to put them under because they have this dream, this fairy tale hallucination that we're all going to be driving electric vehicles uh, someday. And I'll tell you what, um, it, it's not feasible. And as we all know, I mean, and I, I'm not opposed to renewable energy, but the problem is the wind doesn't blow every day. The sun doesn't shine every day. You've got to have common sense coal, natural gas, oil as baseload power and hydro. It's a reliable, it's affordable, and th- these folks are dangerous, what they're trying to drive here with this climate change insanity. Talking with uh, U.S. Montana Senator Steve Daines this morning here on the K-Sky Morning Show. So the Montana Headwaters Legacy Act, for those who are not familiar, can you explain what that is all about and what that means for Montanans? Yeah. So, um, we had a, a hearing on that yesterday, and, and, and think of the Montana Headwaters Act as like applying wilderness-type protections on our rivers and streams. So I, I know every single Montana that I would talk to say, we want clean water, we want to be able to protect our environment. Hey, I grew up with a fly rod in my hand north of Big Timber fishing on the sweetgrass back in the early 70s. So I, I'm an advocate outdoorsman, as probably everybody who's listening this morning. However, these kind of protections cause big problems for our ag community. We've got petitions from over 180 landowners very concerned with what this would do of more regulations as they're trying to ensure we've got water for crops and for livestock. I've got letters of opposition from the Montana Snowmobile Association, the Gallatin County Irrigation District, the Madison County Commissioners. And so we don't have unified support for this. Uh, it would literally double the mileage of these rivers that get placed in this in this state, which would hurt and harm agriculture as well as responsible natural resource development. So that's the battle. I want to make sure, you know, of course, we all want clean water, but you put these wilderness-like protections on our rivers and suddenly the Forest Service can't effectively do mitigation projects, for example, on treatment to thin forests that's important here to reduce risk of wildfires, as an example. Uh, Senator, we wanted to ask you, too, about last week you were in town for that economic summit. I believe you were the one that spearheaded that, weren't you? So it was Governor Gene Forte and myself and the Montana Chamber of Commerce. It was called Montana on the Rise. Uh, we really highlighted so many of these uh, high-tech companies that are uh, doing business in Montana. You know, Again, as a kid who went from kindergarten through college in Bozeman, mom and dad moved back to Bozeman in 1964. They grew up in Billings. Dad went to the University of Montana. I'm a proud bobcat. I've watched what's gone on in the Gallatin Valley my entire lifetime. And the one of the answers to the rising price of housing. Of course, it is crazy what's happening. House prices, rental prices, um, I see it every time I'm home, uh, is we've got to find ways to get higher wage jobs, especially when you got higher prices of gas and groceries. And these high-tech jobs uh, produce higher wages, better benefits. And so we highlighted these businesses, and they're across Montana. We pilot businesses in the Bitterroot, up in the Flathead, over in Billings, in the Gallatin Valley. And, and people want to do business in Montana. They want freedom. Uh, people are voting with their feet. They're leaving California. They're leaving Washington. They're leaving Oregon because they want freedom. They want red state freedom. They also want a quality of life, which we have in Montana, and they also want quality of leadership. They, they can't stand these, these totalitarian-type crazy liberal governors and senators that, that uh, occupy seats on the West Coast. They want to see common sense and balance, and so uh, I think it's going to continue to attract more businesses to Montana. Uh, and uh, and the, at the end of the day, too, you want to be able to have our Montana 
kids who graduate from the high schools in Montana, who grow up in Montana, be able to stay in Montana versus have to leave the state for a good paying job. So question for you, when we were talking about the fact you were going to be on with us last week to talk about this economic summit, uh, I actually did get a few emails from people that were kind of pushing back on it because like Paramount was a part of it and Meta Mm -hmm. and some pharmaceutical companies. And they were saying that, hey, look, these companies aren't, you know, that they're not... uh, they're not with us on the Montana way of life, right? They, they yeah. have, what, how, yeah. how would you answer that? What would you say? Yeah, about? well, listen, we, I have spirited conversations going after, you know, Meta is, uh, is the, you know, the, the new name for Facebook. Um, in terms of Paramount and, you know, what's, what's coming out of Hollywood is atrocious as they're driving this agenda that, you know, you can't, you can, I mean, think about it. when we were growing up, you turn on the Disney Channel and you expect to find, you know, Finding Nemo and Snow White. Now you got to hide your kids' eyes and plug their ears you don't know what's going to come across on the Disney Channel anymore. It's crazy, this wokeness. It's invading our, our culture of entertainment in our country. It's a real problem, and I say that now as a grandpa of three little ones. But we've got to continue to engage with them to be able to push back to have dialogue on this. And, and I can tell you, we've had spirited conversations about what's going on right now with big tech oligarchs who are censoring conservative thought, who are shutting... Why is it that, that Trump can't have a Twitter account, but the Ayatollah of Iran can? Why is it Trump can't have a Twitter account, but uh, you know the, the Russians and Vladimir Putin can, and we have tough conversations on that. So I, I guess I'm not one that, that, to say you got to go hide in the corner. You got to embrace and engage these companies if you want to affect change. Hey, final question for you: We got uh, U.S. Senator Steve Daines on with us. Uh, how much money are we going to send to Ukraine? And this is why I asked that. So when when we sent all that money, I don't know, a month or so ago. Uh, you know, it seemed like it was the most important thing in the world was Ukraine. Well, now you can't even find it on the TV. Uh, you know, it's still going on. They're still fighting over there, but yeah. nobody's really covering it anymore. And so, what? you know, it seems like it's, I feel like we're, we're sending a lot of money over there. Is more money going to go? I hope not. And listen, I saw firsthand the evil and the bloodshed at the hands of Vladimir Putin and saw the clear evidence that the military aid is helping the U.S. protect our national security interests. No, don't forget, what's happening right now is having a big effect on food security that's going to have an effect certainly on prices around the world. Uh, and, and second, never forget the Chinese are watching very carefully what's happening at the moment with the global response to what's happening in Ukraine because the Chinese have aspirations to do something with Taiwan. If you want to talk about an economic uh, collapse, think about what might happen if the Chinese suddenly went after Taiwan. We have a major World War III in our hands. This is about deterrence. It's peace through strength. And lastly, I introduced a bill that would, that would take the confiscated assets we took from Russia to offset the cost of the aid from the U.S. We have confiscated about $39 billion of Russian assets. We should take those Russian assets and use that to fund that $40 billion package we passed. Dave, I wish we didn't have to spend that money to protect our interests, but the world is still a dangerous and evil place. I believe in Ronald Reagan's philosophy of peace through strength, but let's take the Russian assets to pay for what we're sending to Ukraine. Well, if we gave Ukraine $40 million and China goes into Taiwan, how do we tell the Taiwanese that we're not going to give them money? 
Well, at that point, and this is why it's deterrence. Uh, if, if something happened with a kinetic action with Taiwan, we now have a major problem. You know, this, this, this becomes a world war. We cannot let that happen. So you, you, you cross each bridge as you see it, but we can. the Chinese, I think, have, have received a strong message that the world will condemn action taken by China like the world condemned Russia. So I think what we've done here is slowed them down and hopefully stopped any aggressive action they might be thinking about in regards to Taiwan, and that actually be another win for us. Well, I hope you're right on that. Senator Steve Daines, thanks for joining us uh, this morning, Senator. We appreciate your time, and uh, have a good rest of your day. Dave, good to be with you. And Allie, great to have you back as well. Thanks. Glad to be back. Want more Dave and Allie? Be sure to subscribe and follow them wherever you get your podcasts. Or join them on Facebook at Dave and Allie. And be sure to listen to them weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on KSky 106.9.